Welcome back to the Class of 2024 podcast. We are in the fifth of six episodes. Today we're going to talk about your student's physical health. We've talked about making the academic transition to high school, and we've talked about making the social transition. So this week we're going to focus on the physical transition and making sure that your, your students stay healthy. My students started class last week, and I know the, the Pennsylvania crew started the week before. I'm going to aim to keep this right around 12 minutes because I know at this point, finding downtime to listen to this is probably getting harder and harder. I'm glad you're here, and I hope I can make it worth your next 12 minutes. Enjoy. The first area that we're going to focus in on this week is sleep and the importance of sleep. I've mentioned previously that I'm an academic professional at a university. Part of my job is to serve as a learning specialist, which means that college students can make appointments with me one-on-one and talk to me about ways to improve their academic performance. When a student comes to me and says that they're not doing as well as they would like, the first question, the number one question I ask is how are you sleeping? Because I've learned over the years how important sleep is to academic performance and to overall well-being. Often those students will tell me that they are sleeping less than seven hours or even less than six. The advice I give to them is to focus on getting more sleep. And it's amazing how that alone often will be enough to change their academic performance. Kids of our students' age should still be getting somewhere between eight to 10 hours of sleep, ideally nine to 10 hours of sleep a night. And so that's an important thing to keep in mind. Those of you in a hybrid setting still need to have your students up. They still need to catch a bus or get to school. But for those of us who are online, it's very easy to be a little bit more lax with sleep times and things like that. I know what you're saying. Many of you are saying, well, of course, my kids go to bed at 11 or 11.30. That's not the question. The question is, when do they actually go to sleep? I see my kids' phones. My kids are not allowed to take their phones to bed with them. And so they plug them in on the main floor of our house. And I'm an early riser. When I come downstairs the next morning and see their phones plugged in, I can see text, Snapchat, things like that popped up on their screen that sometimes was from 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. So your kid may be going to their bed at 11 or 11.30, but the question is, when are they actually going to sleep? If you're not sure about this, it's worth looking into. And if you don't want to have to police this, there are functions on a phone like screen time or setting a bedtime, a do not disturb, that could help you to set a time that is reasonable. Maybe you want them to take the phone to bed, but not have them have access to it until two in the morning. But I can tell you that that alone is a game changer. I am what Ariana Huffington calls a sleep evangelist. I'm here to tell you that ample sleep is a key for your kids' well-being. The second thing we want to talk about is taking breaks during the day. Again, if you're in a hybrid setting, your student or kid will have a natural break as they're moving from class to class. But if you're in an online setting, it is entirely possible for your student to just sit in front of their computer for the entirety of the day. 
and that is not ideal. Many schools have put kind of class change times into their schedule, whether your kids are physically moving or not. Uh, some of this is for the teachers so they can switch gears. And some of it is intended for the students so that they will get up and take a break and move around a little bit. My kids have, I believe they have 10 minutes in between their classes. Make sure your, your student is getting up and moving around, getting a glass of water, going to the bathroom, maybe doing a, a quick couple of stretches. It can get really old sitting in one space the entire time. So it is helpful to move around a little bit. The other way that your student can take a break, and I actually got this wrong last week, is not to tackle their homework as soon as the day is done. When my son ended school last week, in a good intention, because I thought he'd be wanting to get everything finished, I said to him, hey, why don't you get your homework started now? And then I stopped and looked into his face, and he had such a look of Zoom fatigue. He had been on Google Classroom for hours. And so I stopped and changed my approach and said, no, you know what? I think you probably need to take a break. So again, it's tempting to have them dive right into homework so that they can be done for the night and you can know it's gotten done. But it is useful and helpful to build a little bit of buffer time in there so that they can have a time to step away from the screen, step out of their room, and just have some time to themselves before they dive back in. It is well worth it and will make them more productive when they do return. The final thing that I want to talk about tonight is the NFL. I actually am hesitant to bring up the NFL today because if you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan, it was a rough day. I know there are many of you listening in the tri-state area, and it was brutal to lo lose to a team that is slated to be one of the, the worst teams in the NFL and that doesn't even have a solidified mascot at this point. Sorry, Washington. You deserve that victory today. I want to talk about a different aspect of the NFL, not just the Eagles' poor play today. I want to talk about Play 60, because this is actually a great initiative that the NFL, who I usually love, and the Eagles, who I usually love, um, both endorse. So Play 60 states that kids should be physically active for at least 60 minutes a day. And this is the final thing I'm going to recommend. Along with taking breaks and getting a lot of sleep, it's important for kids to get away, to get outside, and to be physically active, especially since so much of their time is spent in front of a screen at a desk. As I mentioned, my kids will be playing fall sports, so this one will come easier to those of us who are involved with a, a fall sport. But even if your kid is not, really emphasize this with them. And I'm gonna give you a caveat not to dictate what they do during that one hour. You may want them to run three miles, but they may be far more happy skateboarding or bike riding or just taking a walk. So allow them to dictate what it is that they will do during that time. But I would really endorse them to take that Play 60 seriously. I've said before, we're looking at a hard fall and winter. And at least in my geographic area, we'll be limited in how much we can go outside once we get to December, January, February. Help them to take advantage of that now, and you will reap the well-being from that for months to come.
All right, good people. We've come to the end of this episode. As I said, this is five out of six. We have one more episode left. In our final episode next week, we'll be talking about suggested steps moving forward. There's a lot that is going to be unpredictable in this fall and winter, but I'll give you some steps to kind of carry forward into that space. For our organization this week, I'm going to choose goodwill, something that's been around a long time. If you don't want to choose goodwill, you can choose another organization that does well by taking your clothes and making sure that other people can use them. And so with that, my challenge to you is going to be have your student clean out their closet. I had dinner with a friend, socially distance, of course, about a week or two ago, and she mentioned that she and her daughter had staged a clean out of the daughter's closet. And actually, I'd done the same both with my son and my daughter as school was starting. This is a natural time. They've kind of made a step forward. And I know my daughter didn't really want her seventh grade bar and bat mitzvah dresses that were in our closet anymore. But we both recognized that there were people who would want those. They were in fantastic shape, as were many of our clothes. For my son, I mentioned earlier that my son is growing exponentially um, and growing just so quickly that often his clothes in the last six months to a year didn't get that much wear. So take the opportunity. I know it's a busy time right now, so maybe not right now, but sometime soon, have your student clean out their closet or maybe make it a, a thing that you do together. Take that bag of clothes, take it to Goodwill, and know that someone else will put it to great use. And that gently used Nike shirt that isn't going to fit your son anymore could make someone else's son very, very happy. I hope you have a wonderful week. I will look forward to speaking to you next week as we wind down our podcast. Be well.